0: to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. What's up, I'm Jeanette, your host. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special bonus episode of hashtag single inauguration edition, which is 100% an event I think most of us feel just can't come any faster. Um, I'm always excited to connect with other podcasters, especially if they're female, especially if their content is female forward and feminist leaning. So I cannot wait to introduce you to two badass ladies that I connected with recently. Sammy Cantor and Maddie Medved are co-hosts and co-producers of Girl and the Gov podcast, which they just launched this past September. The podcast strives to provide a platform for young women to engage with the evolving political sphere in an approachable, digestible and accessible way. Sammy and Maddie, thank you so much for joining me on Hashtag today.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm we're excited. super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys. So if you're a long-time listener of Hashtag Single, you'll know that every month we publish two types of episodes. One is a one-on-one conversation with a strong single female about her dating experiences, and the other is usually an interview with a guest expert in the relationship and dating space. So this episode is a bit of a break from that mold. Sammy and Maddie actually reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing a bit of a combo slash collabo episode, which I'm always on board for. And honestly, with this month's inauguration on the horizon, and all of the intense politics of this month and this past year, we thought it'd be really cool mashup to talk about the intersection of dating and politics. So we're gonna cover a bit of both. I'm gonna talk to Sammy and Maddie about their podcasts and get their opinion about what's happening in the world and also how to incorporate those values into your dating life. But we are also gonna dish on what's happening in their single lives. So I'm so excited, let's get started. Uh, Sammy, Maddie. First of all, you guys are so great. I love your podcast. I love what it stands for—about educating people about politics in a fun, approachable way, and leaning into the idea that it's cool to be informed about government. How did you guys get started? Like, what's your background? How did you meet? How did you come up with the idea to start this podcast?
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you. Um, we're we're so excited that you're as excited about the show as we are. Yeah. Um, thinking about Girl on the Gov the podcast and its story. I mean, Maddie and I could like laugh about this all day, but to sort of give lay the lay the groundwork if you will, Girl on the Gov the podcast originates from Girl on the Gov, which is a New York City-based events company and we host political events with sort of the same mission in mind to rebrand politics, make politics approachable, provide a platform where we as millennials can really understand politics, but in a fun way that's not intimidating, and we can really dive in. So before we began the podcast, we rang the show there, and then of course COVID happened, which great, so fun, like we love it. And <laughs> like, so great. And when that was happening, of course, like other businesses, thinking about okay, how do we pivot? How do we keep this conversation and this messaging going without these events or without being stuck on a Zoom? Because, like, let's be honest, like no one likes being on zoom no one literally i have yet to find someone and i connected with maddie on insta literally instagram classic and she Mm -hmm. came up with the idea she was like would you ever think about doing a podcast and i was like oh my god i think i'm talking to a genius this is perfect (laughs) amazing wait but did you guys work at the events company together no, no, it so, was so random. <laughs> really, so random. Like yeah. I was like going through. I was like, oh, like you, like as you do, just sort of following people that I thought would be interested in Girl on the Gov proper, and you know, sort of sourcing people there. And I came across Maddie's profile and I was like, oh, she definitely like gives gives the right vibes of like someone that'd be interested. And when she saw I followed her, she DM'd me. Like she slid into my DMs. And I slid like, right a Whole new <laughs> thought of like sliding into DMs.
0: This is the yeah. best love story
1: that's happened in 2020. Literally, it really <laughs> is. It is like the love story of 2020. But no, it was so random, just like the stars really aligned with it all in a weird way. Um, I, again, just really loved what Sammy was doing. I was kind of working or like helping out with a friend on on his podcast. so I was kind of learning the ropes already of the podcasting world. And um yeah, actually Sam, I, I literally was looking back at our DMs like yesterday and it was just like it was so funny. But yeah, we just hopped on the phone after I suggested a podcast. We talked for an hour and literally decided to to do it. And we had never met, knew nothing oh. about each other. Um and just I mean, if you it's definitely impulsive. It's definitely probably crazy to Sam, but it we it's worked out really well and We work well together and we have similar visions for everything, so um, super exciting.
0: You know, I have to say, I didn't do an exhaustive search, but most of the top recommended political podcasts that exist are either all-male or a mixed male-female host slash producing team, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, it seems to be that Girl on the Gov is the only all-female political
1: podcast. Right. Um, I also there is, that, like, there are a is few, there, there are a um, there's Betches Sup, which is um, like some young women, um, it's kind of like a comedy, like digital platform, they have Betches and they have a bunch of different branches. Oh yeah. But, uh, my, um, yeah. Yeah. So they, they cover politics too. They're, they're awesome. But yeah, I totally, um, when you go through the political podcast lists and Apple podcasts or Spotify, it's like Don Lemon and like all the people who are already political commentators on CNN on Fox News on MSNBC just in a podcast yeah so basically. there has, there aren't any you know kind of outliers or just like people average folk really just like talking about politics and i think especially when we break it down to like women and young women um who you know we like we somebody um, one of our guests called it like what they do like the google translate of politics like that's really what we're trying to do like for young women and yeah like i have my parents sometimes be like you guys say like so much and you talk you talk like i don't understand most of what you're saying like that's the point is like a lot of people don't a lot of people (laughs) yeah exactly a lot of people don't understand you know what cnn and like what those commentators are saying so we're trying to really like break down What's going on in politics? Literally, just like in our own language, because that there really is just like a generational gap in that sense. But um, also, just yeah, young women, you know, need to hear other women talking about politics. I mean, just like we need to see more women running for office, so more people can get involved. It's like it's just a domino effect, and so um, I think it's great that you know there's little women podcast popping up talking about politics. I think there needs to be more of it. And hopefully we're filling a gap of some sort.
0: I also want to note that most of your guests are female as well though. Is it like a priority of yours to showcase or highlight women in the political space? Or was that like less intentional?
1: It's not, it wasn't very intentional, honestly but it just kind of worked out that way and we're very happy it did because it needs to be that way um yeah so it just has kind of like aligned um in that way and you know we've had i think only one, have we only had one guy yeah my professor. professor fox <laughs> he, oh my god he's like little, he was my favorite professor in college and so he's our only Aww. male guest so far but like um yeah we definitely don't like just search for women only but it just again it ha- has happened that way and i mean it's been incredible so far, just the diversity too, we've had on the show and that's definitely continue, going to continue to be a priority for us for sure.
0: Yeah. But I think it's such a great mission to be deliberate about who you're, as you said, representing, um, Mm -hmm. in the political space, like you said, like, like people need to see better representation across the sexes, across the, um, um, sexual orientations, just that you need uh, across race, like you need to see diversity so that you can inspire another generation of people that say, that looks like me. I can do this. I want to run too. You know? So I I don't think there's anything wrong in in claiming. I'm certainly like, I'm like very hard leaning into saying that I'm a feminist podcast. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong at saying like, no, I'm definitively going to talk about this from a female perspective because no one else is doing it. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think, too, with specifically like who we had on and who we plan to have on, too, is the fact that like in 2016, 2018, then this past race as well, we've seen so many more women stepping up to run for office in such amazing droves. Like, it's so exciting. And, you know, honestly, it's on both sides of the aisle and that should be you know celebrated in so many ways. And so we want to make sure that these people just aren't stepping up to run and then there's nowhere... For their voices to be heard so we want to make mm. sure that we can be that platform to help this continue to be a thing because the worst thing for us would be to then see you know the next election come around and women stop running as much and then totally. by the, you know the cycle falling for that to kind of happen again so we want to really make sure that we provide that platform and that resource for you know women in politics to see other women in politics and for people that are looking to see women in politics, here's this spot, you know, here's this way to really, um, see where, where women are taking this entire sphere.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think the, I love that. the um, generational aspect of it too is important because like a lot of our guests have been on the younger side, which is amazing. And I think, you know, we also need more young women to consider mm-hmm. not just running for office, but like working in the political space, working behind the scenes. We need more women directors and campaigns or policy managers or things like that who are making big decisions behind the scenes like a lot of people don't realize that politician is really like the face of a team and there is Mm. a lot of space for people to work in politics without being like the politician um and we've had a lot of those people we've had people from like next gen um to young women who are incredible next gen is like a political organization we've had senator biaggi who's a younger um state senator in new york so it's just I think it's important too, like the aspect of young women, like we've said this a few times, but like, we need more women that still get their period like in office, like we need, we need that as well. And I think that's something that we're trying to encourage as well.
0: Totally. I mean that's part of representation. I honestly I didn't mention it, but it should have been included. Like there should be a diversity of ages as well. Like why is everybody that runs for president like over seventy years old? (laughs) Like I think a lot of people realize we're like, Okay, this is our choice, like two old men. Like why is there no um (laughs) you know, like the fact that people are excited to have somebody in their forties in office, like, you know, well I mean like the minimum you can be is thirty-five, so that's not too far off. But uh, aside from presidential elections, there should absolutely be people of different
1: ages uh, in that diverse spectrum because that's totally. what the world looks like. That's also something that, like, we need to continue to praise when we look at politicians. Like, people who are just like genuinely themselves and are like, goofy and like maybe swear sometimes and like are just human beings. Like, we need to see mm. more of that. So, um, we've honestly had some really incredible. Guests come on, who are elected officials who have really I feel like been themselves and been genuine. That's another big trend we're seeing. Like we talked about, like women running for office more, young people running for office more. Like, but also this trend of like kind of the culture around politics. I mean, that's what we're trying to change as well. Like, it doesn't need to be like this super intense, like scary, intimidating space. So that's what we like call like we're rebranding politics to just be a little bit more like fun and like approachable and i think we're also seeing like a trend as far as who's running for office like be more approachable and be more like human Mm -hmm. um and so that's been exciting i mean i don't know i think also that comes with just the shift in trends like and i think the generational thing is huge and also like the policies being proposed like there's just some visionary people coming through i mean even like Andrew yang is like a goofy guy but he's like proposing these new policies that have like never been even thought of the squad there's just this like shift in culture that i've noticed um with you know politicians that have been elected recently um that are just kind of like i mean like aocs on um totally so like, what is that what's that game game pump? twitch twitch <laughs> yeah so I, I love twitch. that and i think we've also Yeah, she did like a Twitch, a Twitch game. I don't even know how it works. But also, we've just seen like this last, this last um, election, the movement of getting young people out to vote, the way they were organizing, like, we talked to someone at NextGen who they were trying to organize um, and register voters on dating apps. So (laughs) here we are back to dating, but like, they would go on, have their organizers go on dating apps and like, make check that people are registered to vote like it's just there's this like undercurrent of just these trends kind of shifting around politics and also just like the celebrity speaking out getting people out to vote Hmm. i think there's a big shift that's happened which is really exciting
2: a big part
1: of the show is going through this segment called
2: i have a stupid question and what we want to do and what we do do with that segment is run through common political questions so it could be Something like what is ranked choice voting, which for any New Yorkers listening, um, do stay tuned for upcoming episode where we're going to cover that because that's going to be particularly revel- relevant to you um, with the 2021 elections. But mm. we run through those definitions and we really look to get an understanding of the terms that we're hearing on the news, that we're reading in articles, that we're seeing on Instagram, that we're seeing pop up in Twitter and get to that. And that part of it, you know, it. There really isn't a bias to. There isn't a you know a stand to take. It really is just factual. So a core of it, you know, as much as we say, you know, we're we're taking a stand. We're making you know our views known. Um, you know, a core of it really is getting the facts across there too.
0: Yeah,
2: I, th- I think that's like
0: that's the best stance that you can take. Like you have to own your opinion. It would be it would be a disservice to both of you to hold back or to sort yeah. of like try to neutralize something that you're passionate about. I mean, people are listening to you for your sway or your interpretation of things that
1: are happening. Yeah. So you can, not Yeah, I think that like we were really just trying to steer clear of divisiveness more than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. But at the same time, it's like, I think again, with just what's been happening politically for the, honestly the past couple of years, like, It's also, was important for us and it felt like a responsibility for us to be like, um, actually the behavior you're seeing is not normal and like not okay. Mm -hmm.
0: So give me some insider insight into this upcoming inauguration. Like what are people in politics excited about? What are they fearful about? Is there anything like specifically profound about this election or this particular ceremony to you guys specifically?
2: I think anyone that's been paying attention had an inkling that something was going to happen. I think to what level, and what scale, you know, that's that's debatable and whatnot. But it's, like Maddie said, really shifted how we think about the inauguration. Because in the past, you, know, you think of this sort of like a, you know, it's kind of a symbolic, if not, maybe even like a little bit of archaic uh, mm-hmm. process. You know, let's just have someone up on a podium and do the damn thing. Great. Yeah. Here's the photo op. Awesome. Like obviously, you know, there's more to it than that. There's, you know, a whole political process involved there that, you know, is American and core and key and all of that. But I think now it's it's become not just a political photo op, but it's become a political tool because we're seeing Trump manipulate that as a whole we're seeing you know also even you know from the biden camp them having to manipulate it back and using that as well to you know get us to hopefully this next time and segment in american political history
1: this administration um i think will bring us back to a sense of normalcy we very much need we need someone who's going to take COVID seriously and he will we need someone that's going to take climate change seriously and he will um, so there is a lot to be hopeful for. I think there's like a lot of healing that will happen this year. I'm hopeful for, I think there are a lot of Republicans that won't admit it, but are actually very excited for Trump to leave office. Cause yeah. you know, Trump has also put, you know, kind of cuffs on them and, um, rains on them and what they can do and have made him, made them loyal to the president. So I think they're gonna hopefully be, feel a lot like more freedom as far as the way they can behave and conduct their work. So um, that made me hopeful as well. Look,
2: I'm excited for Joe Biden to be in office and for there to be a pathway back to some sense of normalcy and
1: order and whatnot.
2: Ethical leadership. <laughs> mm. that as a quote, co- yes, that is the phrase
1: of the day. De- That's the biggest leadership. one. It's just like an ethical person, a like morally like sound person um, and just like proper leadership, truly. Someone's like a little
2: bit more grounded, but I think not just that, but to see that charge also be a little bit more across the land and see how some of these newly elected officials do. I mean, we've got so many great new people walking into office um, from, you know, North Carolina to Missouri. So let's see how they do and sort of see what change comes from having control of the Senate and, um, you know, Looking for for some hopeful solutions. Here, here!
0: Yay! I <laughs> have it. I wish I had a drink right now. I would like totally oh, air toast you. But well said. <laughs> well said. Well said. I'm snapping for you. Um, thank you. Let's thank you. Pivot and talk about the intersection of politics and dating. How does that sound? Amazing. Might <laughs> oh, yeah. <natural>, be <laughs> honestly that might be scarier
1: for me. <laughs> That's so people always say there's,
0: there's three topics that you shouldn't talk about on a first date. You know what they are. Religion, politics, and money. Sometimes people will add sex to that list too, but like, let's assume you're smart enough to not bring up the sex you've had with other people on a date. You guys are... <laughs> From last last we spoke, you're both still single and you're both dating right now, right?
2: Correct. Guilty okay. as charged. Yeah. Single as ever. <laughs> ain't, ain't no
0: thing to be embarrassed about. So, you're in good sure company. So like, when do you guys bring up that you have a political podcast?
2: Honestly, um, it comes up pretty seamlessly for me. Just generally in terms of work, I kind of like to get it out of the way. I know that sounds weird, but like for me, and this has always been true, like do a nice poll with my friends. They will all come back saying like, politics and political stances are like a core of like what sammy like looks for in a in a guy so like if we're not like gonna align politically it's gonna be like a no for me dog situation so i'd rather know kind of out the gate where they stand and what their reaction is and i can kind of like gauge like okay they're down with it or they're not down with it and i will also say this to the credit of all the crazy man, man boy, children, whatever that I've like, <laughs> dated,
1: is that like none of them have reacted poorly. Okay. Oh, I have the opposite reaction. Oh, I, was gonna, I was like, no, oh, so, Yeah. Okay. No, I have like the same sentiment. Like I'm in this, I get in this weird sticky place where I'm like, I mean, what's the first question you ask someone on a date? It's like, what do you do? And right, so right. forever it's been, mine has been, I like work in politics. And so immediately that comes up. So, you know, I know that it's probably, it's not always the best conversation I've literally had, like, the first time meeting a guy just turn into, like, this spiral of, like, an intense political conversation, (laughs) which is just, like, nightmare fuel, but, like, I also, like, Sam said, like, okay, that sucks, and if someone's gonna not, like, text me after that date because of the political conversation we had. Like, I guess that's great because, you know, I want someone who is politically aligned with me at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's like this weird situation where it's like you're not supposed to talk about it, but for me, it's an important factor. So I guess, like, let's just get it out of the way. And if it doesn't match up, then we get to move on and not have to waste anyone's time. So... Yeah, because
2: it's also like down the line, if then you're like dating them and then they're like, oh, like, what do you think about this? And then that's what blows up the relationship. You're like, well, we could have like gotten this out of the way on date one, not date six.
0: Right, exactly. Like, but I mean, it's obviously part of your key values of who you are. But I guess I was curious about like the timing of it. It seems to flow naturally if you say like, well, this is what I do. But are you even... If you're if you're obviously interested around the education of politics of civics and government, that's obviously important to you both. Like, how do you screen from those things from the get go? Like, do, when do you introduce them to people you match with? Do you have them on your dating profile?
1: Yeah, I do. I have um, well, I have like my political preference on my dating profile. Okay. I also I just have like um, I actually have like podcasting as like my my job thing, so I don't say like political podcasting, mm.
0: but
1: um, they usually ask me right away, and I'll tell them, and they think it's cool. But I've just had um, and this is kind of before the podcast, honestly, because I was like working on campaigns and stuff. So I, you know, had someone ask me, you know, what I do. I work on a campaign. I work for Tom Steyer. You know, break down all the issues that he supports, and then it just kind of spirals from there, like. I've actually had one date, who the guy was a Bernie supporter, and I was like, okay, great, like we have like a like liberal like minded woo. But he was like, I think he was a hardcore Bernie supporter, like a Bernie bus <laughs> kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And so I just think literally it didn't work out because of that, which is crazy. And then I kind of recently hung out with this guy where it just we started talking about politics because of my jobs. And then he that one just turned because he was just not woke by any means, and I had to kind of like put him in his place in a few on a few topics. Oh men that. that is that. Defi- <laughs> yeah, men love that, so I think that maybe had him run for the hills um, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know if I need to like screen for it beforehand or what I need to do, but I don't know, that's definitely a problem i I face
2: it's hard i I feel like, so I I actually don't have my political preference on my profile. I did for a while, and then I ended up just wanting to remove some information, just being Mm. like, you know, I want to, just in general, like not even on the political end, but just being like, I want to like have a little bit less information on my profile Yeah, from like a safety perspective. So I did Mm -hmm. that. And I feel like maybe this is because I like grew up in a pretty Republican town, but I'm pretty good at screening, like knowing, like I can look at someone's profile and I can pretty much tell like who they voted for. Ooh. I don't know where I got this skill besides the Republican <laughs> like childhood, but like I just have a vibe and every once in a while I'm wrong and I was wrong once. I will fully admit that one time. The one time I was wrong in the universe. But and I dated for like a month by accident, a Trump supporter. I confess.
1: I did. <laughs> I,
2: I absolutely by did by accident, it. yeah. <laughs> I was like, but see this is why I was like and I totally but this is also the New York assumption too. It's like you assume people are more liberal, but not everyone is. Yes, uh, that's I've gotten caught in that trap, and I'm not kidding you. Like, when I found out, I, like,
0: audibly gasped, like, sucked in air. I was literally like, <laughs> oh! like, grabbed the, the pearls. Like, I was so... <laughs> mostly because I think I had that moment of like it was a reflection on me like how dare how could I possibly have been attracted to someone whose values were so not in line with my own and I was more like horrified that I had I don't know like found him attractive and drank the kool-aid a little bit like I think it was more um a shock to my own system than really learning that that person supported Trump but I've totally been there like I I was seeing this Guy um, over the summer and he was Colombian and I later found out he was a Trump supporter not because I like just straight-up asked him just little things would would be exposed and then I finally was like hold on I need to know something are you a Trump supporter and um, and he wouldn't own up to it he was like what if what if I am what's the problem And I was like just be honest I just want they need transparency and he said yes and then I got angry. I was like, but you're like a brown skin person and you come from a marginalized country. And, you know, how, how can you, you know, all the things that you're like, wait, wait, this is infuriating. How can you see him as, as uh, being supportive of you and your culture? Like then, then it gets to be problematic because you're like, I, I doubt your intelligence, which is a fucked up thing to say, but
1: it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think just these topics in general are very close to home, close to heart for people. Like it's, it's so crazy cause it's like politics really at the end of the day, like it comes down to the values of who you are as a person. And so when you challenge someone on their politics, like you're kind of challenging them and their character and like who they are. And so, um, yeah. it's really, it's tricky. How did 2020 <laughs> go for you both in general,
0: like in terms of online dating?
2: I thought, like, <laughs> Best, like literally yeah, there it just is. nothingness Nothing. nothingness okay but there's just so many unknowns that like it makes an already complicated process even more complex because people mm-hmm. don't even know where they stand let alone like where anyone else stands so like how does that ever create like a good foundation for a relationship it's like kind of a An issue, dare I say.
0: Yeah, Um, like really well said. Like, that's exactly it. There's just so many unknowns. Like, not only do you not know what's going on with other people realistically, like, you just don't know what's going on with yourself,
2: which is pretty wild.
1: Yeah. I'm really not a good dater in general. So, like, throw a global pandemic on that. Like, I I literally don't have. Wait, why are you not a good dater? Um, I don't, I have a hard time like making the leap to like literally even go on a first date with somebody. Um, I think my ideal like dating situation would be like getting to know somebody like in a social setting, become like friends first, like in a friend group. And then if there's an attraction there, we move forward. But I just have, I'm like an innately shy person. So like the idea of meeting a stranger out and just like having a random conversation like kind of scares me. And so I rarely go on first dates, but I'm like on dating apps and I'm like, I guess try and attempt, but um,
2: I don't know. I'm like, definitely I definitely did all like, this to Sam I'm and proof. like Sam's
1: the opposite of me. Like she's like a good dater and I'm just not not with it.
2: I'm good at like getting to like date 10 and then somehow it always falls apart. So if you want from date, on date one through 10, I'm great. Once it gets to date 10, it's like the curse. But I honestly like I, I love a good date. I mean, I feel like it's also just, like, a good way to, like, try new places. Like, I'm very much like, ooh, like, let's try this place for drinks. Mm-hmm. Let's try that place, like, food. So, like, I feel like, and two, like, maybe this isn't such a good thing, but I've been on so many dates at this point that, oh my god, any boy that, like, wants to go on a date with me that's listening to this, like, ear muffs. but, like, <laughs> I could pretty much, like, record myself, like, date one through three and just, like, hit play and walk away like I you know what I mean like I can go through the motions so not even robotically like it's like a performance like I know exactly what to do to get from date one to date two to date three like whatever it's just and so like I find that fun which is great but then like date 10 comes around and just r.i.p i'm so impressed you i have that after
0: date three which i find most people have a there's a severe drop off after date three so i'm like impressed
2: that you made it to date ten how how long is date ten is that like two months yeah it's usually like two-ish months and i think mm-hmm. like that's like the spot like where it's the sweet spot of like okay are we gonna keep doing this or are we not gonna keep doing this because if you go on more dates than that i mean honestly like there are like a few pivot points like if you have i feel like at date four like even date three sometimes, where one person is way more into it than the other, like you gotta figure out what you're doing and you have to like either work on it and decide to keep going on dates or you have to like end it. And like date 10 is like another one of those essentially like benchmarks in my head of like, okay, we're either going to try and figure this out and keep dating or we gotta end it because then we're getting into like, kind of like touch and go territory of this is a like, a text ship or, like, a hookup ship or whatever. It's, like, not a relationship. A situation ship. Yes, exactly.
0: That's the, uh-huh. that's the buzzword of the year. Um, yeah, there's definitely, there's there's scientific data about, like, a drop-off between, like, after two and a half months where people go, wait, I was just having fun. I didn't really actually want to be in a relationship. And just sort of, like, pulling out from there. Yeah, that makes sense. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, like... I talk about this often on the podcast. I think that in modern society, we all have a problem with committing. Um, It's fun to play on these dating apps, to like dabble and to meet new people and to go to new restaurants or to talk to someone when you're lonely and it's Friday night. Um, But it's also a challenge because people are not taking this seriously because every time that you get to an icky, sticky part, there's thousands of more women that you could start over with. Um, Or the other way around, there's thousands of more men to start over with. So there's a sense of like, why should I stick with this one person who I'm not 100% sure is great, when there's so many other choices in the sea. So I think we're all just having uh, issues with attention span and uh, committing and the problem of an abundance of choice, especially in New York. And then, as you said, (laughs) Maddie, like throw a pandemic on top of it, like just make it extra hard. It hasn't been easy for any of us. Um, But I mean, I think there's uh, there's been some kind of profound takeaways or like aha moments that people have had um, in, in analyzing their single lives this year or just in dating or trying to date. I was just curious if you guys, if anything came up for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think like the biggest like trend in uh, dating, I would say this year is just the amount of like time that you'd like have to spend now texting first. Right. Because like, right. for example, like in the past, you're like, okay, you know what? Like I'm kind of bored tonight. Like maybe I'll go on a date You're like, huh? Like I don't have anything planned for Monday night. And I was kind of wanting to try that drinks place. Like, sure, if this guy seems fine enough, let's go. 100 guilty, right? like, yes. So it's like, that's like fine in a, in a normal circumstance. But is that like, if you're not really sure about that person, do you really want to like risk getting COVID to go on that like, if <laughs> eh, maybe, Mm-hmm. Questionable date, like so. I think it's made us more picky because you're less likely to be like, oh, you know what? I'm not really sure they're my type, but let me give it a shot. It's like you want to kind of have an idea before you go into it that, like. Hey, like this could this has some legs to it, but that's also so hard because like I've had this a million times where someone is a great texture, they're like witty banter IF, they're killing it. You're like, ooh, this person's definitely like a total catch. And then you meet them in person and they are like dry as ice, like literally so dry. And like side discovery there, they've really found that it's like usually because they can like They have time to think about what they're going to say behind
0: a screen. That's exactly it. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm going to be doing, like, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm into the FaceTime screening process. Like, I feel like every day going forward, no, you are, you're not going to get me to get out of my apartment and put real shoes on. Like, we're going to have a FaceTime screening process going forward. I'm like a big fan. That's like my big uh, takeaway from this year was like, God, I wasted so many Thursday nights and, and money on drinks with guys that I wasn't really interested in. So we're gonna be adding in another little step of the screening process, I think, going forward. Um, In an ideal partner situation, is this person super into politics or is this person um, obviously like a good citizen and involved, but really has their own universe? Like, would you want someone that you can talk about it all the time after you've talked about it all day? Or do you want someone who is not in your universe
2: if they really you know they do the, the same career they work in the same field you know the conversation is just going to go in circles at a certain point and that's not very exciting and you don't have new perspective so True. i always want in my relationships to provide a new perspective and for whoever i'm dating to also provide that new perspective and to have like kind of a co- you know continuous collaborative conversation and you know sort of outlook on life and i think that is really you know the platform for success there obviously Mm -hmm. i haven't achieved that yet so let you know if you know my theory here ever you know pans out but my that's really my approach but you know granted that said you know if someone were involved in politics and they're awesome like i'm not gonna say no
1: you know yeah yeah by 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 no yeah no by no means what is it a requirement for me like A requirement would definitely be, like, for them to give a shit and, like, um, be civically engaged and just, like, care about the well-being of other people, (laughs) so that's definitely a requirement for me, but um, I don't know, like, I've worked, like, in my work, like, in the friends I've made um, through, like, working in the political space, it is really nice to, like, be around people who are like-minded as you, because I feel like I've just grown up with people who don't know much about politics like my current like my friends I have now don't really know what's going on so it is nice to like have someone around that is well versed on what's going on and can and like you don't have to like explain everything to you all the time yeah so i actually think it's really attractive when like you know someone is well versed in the political space um but again it's by no means a requirement and i think i'd be definitely willing to like date someone and maybe even like want I think i don't know if it's an ideal or if i'm just like open to it for someone that works like in the political space but i think i'd at least like to try dating someone you know we'll see how it goes yeah
0: yeah i think like you you said like you have to find a good balance um i always say like i will never date another actor i'm because that's too many chefs in the kitchen um like who's the star of the relationship both of us can't be but i do want someone who's like tangential to my world so i don't have to explain all the terminology that goes on when i'm talking about being on set or producing a film you know um like it would be probably really challenging for me to date someone who was in politics because that's so foreign to me that i wouldn't know how to ask the right questions in order to connect so you sort of want this middle ground where you're like we kind of, we get the same things, but we're not stepping on each other's sandboxes. Aspect,
1: there also is an aspect where you get to date someone, you know, in the political space, and like you get to have those like deeper conversations about it all, and those well-versed conversations. But at the same time, like when you both come home, like you probably both don't really want to talk about work. So you like talk about it a little bit, and then you move on, and like have like-minded interests in other spaces, so maybe there is like a, a way where, you know, dating someone in the political space, you actually come home and probably maybe talk about it even less, because both of you don't want to talk about it anymore. There's a chance of that. But I think it's also just figuring out how that dynamic works in in like a specific partnership and like what works for for both of you, because there's probably some people who want to talk about it 24-7. There's probably someone who wants Mm. to work in it, but not like have it consume their life. That's kind of how I am. Like, I know I want to work in it, but it's not all of me. So I think it's also just like, who who in that space you date
0: yeah well i'm looking forward to having you guys figure it out and letting me know how it goes (laughs) no pressure no pressure um last question for you guys uh what's the future of girl in the gov like what's your dream for the podcast where do you want it to go we want
2: there to be so many different channels and a channel for everyone to be able to understand politics and for it to be approachable so while right now you know the events is one arm and the podcast is another you know there will be more to come and you know we're working on all those different details and um we're excited to you know continue to release different ways and way ways in which people can get involved. So I think, you know, this next year, Maddie and I both discussed, you know, it's gonna be a big year for, Girl League. the It's gonna be a big year for, you know, the podcast and I think we, we will see where that goes and we will, you know, see what's to come, in, you know, in the following years, but all we know is it's gonna be good stuff. So everyone like definitely stay tuned.
0: Yes! I'm so excited for you guys. Um, I'm going to make sure to link your podcasts and all of your socials in the description um, of the episode, you guys. So if you want to follow Sammy and Maddie at Girl in the Gov, if you have questions for them that you want to submit, that you want to get answered, if you want to become involved in any way, they're wonderful resources for you. So I will make sure that you have that stuff. You guys can just click below and um, I'll hyperlink it for you. Um, anything, any last thoughts, ladies, before we end this phenomenal episode, if I do say so myself?
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's been so fun. Um, We will keep you updated on what's to come. And of course, like all of our crazy dating tales. I feel like Maddie's like definitely have like beat mine out by far in terms of some of like the crazy political reactions. But I (laughs) can only imagine what like this next year, like I said, like eight days in, like what this next year is like going to um, bring to us in terms of dating. So I guess like, good (laughs) luck to us all. Like we've got this. Um, Gotta (laughs) stick together. I have one more thing.
1: (laughs) I have one more thing. Yeah, just make sure everyone stay engaged with what's going on in politics. It affects everyone's lives. It affects every corner of your life. And even though Trump is about to leave, you know, we can't take our foot off the gas. So stay engaged.
0: That's right. Thank you guys for being an inspiration to young women and all women throughout the country to use your voices for a better world. Um, I'm so grateful that we connected and I'm so excited for your dating life to blossom in 2021 (laughs) and you better keep me posted. (laughs) I'm going to be your single accountability buddy. (laughs) Um, because we need, we need strong women to be in strong relationships. So um, thank you for, for everything you do. And I'm so excited to have you as my guests on this extra special bonus episode of Hashtag Single. So that is, uh, that's it for this episode, you guys. We hope you liked it. Please stay engaged with us, comment, subscribe, follow us on Hashtag Single Pod. We'd love to hear how this episode landed with you. And we can't wait to see you on the other side of this inauguration. That's it for now. See you next time.